This is the Fade You Podcast, episode 42, April 6th, 2021. Hello to all the dads out there and the moms. Thanks so much for listening. My name is Matthew James. Make sure you are following Fade You on Twitter at Fade You Sports. Kmart is joining me tonight. Kmart, it was great to see you last night. How are you doing today? Still full of pizza and IPAs. Costco pizza just mm, came in clutch on the, you know, the game was disappointing. The Costco pizza was not. <laughs> Chris, how you doing? You still full of pizza? A little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit sick. I didn't choose a couple uh, poopy hockey ones. I'm looking at Blue Jackets just destroying Tampa Bay's two to one home dogs and going, man, sometimes I neglect poop. Ah, it's a tough one. Cause Tampa Bay just laid a fat egg. You know, that would have been the fade you narrative. They, mm-hmm. they got wrecked by Detroit by shitty poop scum Detroit. <laughs> of course they're going to bounce back against Columbus, right? Not so fast, but miss that one. Uh, we got a lot to get to today. We're going to recap the final four a little bit. We'll talk about how we're approaching the beginning of baseball season and then Guys, it is Masters week, and we're recording this on Tuesday evening, so got to at least talk a little bit of Masters. But um, tournaments over, Chris. You talked about it last time when we previewed the Final Four. It is really hard for teams to have an unbeaten season ending in a championship. We have seen this time and time again, and uh, Gonzaga didn't get it done. So just. I don't know. What do you think? Do you feel validated that you were right? Are you bummed for Gonzaga for Mark Few? What do you think? I'd love to see them do it. I mean, it just proves how hard it is. I mean, it's the same with college football. It's a little more common, but it is really hard to just beat every opponent. We even see big underdogs come through in football. But, man, it's unbelievable that it happened. Gonzaga actually, the loss is the scariest almost one was against UCLA and then here come and Baylor just destroyed him. Gonzaga was never really in the game. Um, so it was amazing. I mean, good for Baylor. You know, that's a program that uh, had a little bit of crazy stuff going with their football program. And uh, you know, they had some bad, bad ties and it's just, uh, it's good for them. Good for the state of Texas after they went through all that they went through during the, you know, crazy weather during the, the winter. So that's good for them. I feel bad. You can't help it. Gonzaga is such a great program year in and year out. They get to that peak and they just can't get over the hump. But, uh, hopefully, you know, they're going to always have a good recruiting class. They'll be back at it next year. Kmart, the championship game last night, a little disappointing because it was so one-sided, but we did get the game of the year, game of the tournament, one of the best games I can remember in quite some time with UCLA, Gonzaga. People who are into college basketball, show them that. I mean, you could talk about, uh, talk about our boy Rick, but – like show them that game and they'll be hooked. That was just phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a great game. I was watching it with my father-in-law on a, you know, out in Arizona for Easter and, you know, not a fan of either team. I mean, I don't know how many times I need to say it, but I'm an SC guy and it was fun cheering for UCLA. Um, I mean, it was a live better stream really with how fast it started. Uh, just, getting punched left and right trading punches it was just fun johnny juzang just i have not seen a player take a hard dribble in raise up over a defender since kobe bryant and not saying that he's anywhere near near that skill level but 
in that game, he was he was channeling them or something because he was unfreaking believable. And yeah, I mean, I, I when they when Gonzaga hit the game winner, I I went off like I was a fan. It was just because it was such a back and forth game. It was just all the emotion and didn't really give a shit. I think I would have screamed even if UCLA hit the game winner. It was just un, unreal. Chris, we talk about how in big events like the NCAA tournament, you have a lot of like a lot of betters that are just betting on a big game. They like to fire on favorites. They like to fire on overs. But uh, we had some. We just collected a little bit of stuff about overall trends for the tournament. You got those to share? Yeah, absolutely. We got some cool. Uh trends here and i mean it's amazing how it's not always we show i think you shared with us a picture of how you know dogs and favorites they fluctuate um depending on the year with the tourney but uh this year unbelievable they went uh 35 and 31 against the spread so so pretty good uh you know 53 percent you'd yield a little bit of income but short dogs crazy short dogs so the ones that usually just lure the public into taking the favorite. All they got to do is win by six, seven points, five or less. They went 14 and eight and unders just killed it. And so we were really hoping uh, if you listen to our pod before the tourney, we were hoping Den would hammer some overs because we knew that, you know, tourney time, it gets a little tight. Unders went 40 and 26 for 60%. So, um, you know, that all under betters were cashing. So, that's a really great, uh, it's a cool to see us contrarians, you know, the apple bombs, those people out there that really like their dogs, uh, short dogs to fit, uh, to unders really cash this, this year. Now one short dog that did not cash Kmart. I want to have you share kind of how the system did overall in the tournament, but we previewed the final four last week and Houston was a system play and they got absolutely obliterated and, no system is going to be perfect. Yours was very successful over the tournament, but this was definitely a miss and a very forgettable game. Yeah, the system overall was 17 and 7. And I told you going in, if it didn't go 70%, it, it was bad. It went 70, just short of 71%. So I'll take that every day. Um, you know, and the beauty of it is, is it takes bias out. Um, I think four of those seven losses were in blowouts. So, I mean, that shit's going to happen. Like, no, nothing's perfect. We're also betting on college kids. So, I mean, enough said there. We're betting on 18, 19-year-olds. So, they're not always going to be able to bring it. 90% of these guys aren't even going to see the NBA. So, I mean, when you really want to think about that in the talent level, it's just you're you're just betting on a coin flip every single time, honestly. Look at last night. Everybody wanted Gonzaga. It wasn't even close to Baylor's level, but um, yeah, the Houston play. I mean, I, I still like it. There was a lot of value there. It was, it would have been one of my more confident plays if I didn't play everything the same, I could have ended up losing a lot on that, but Baylor, I mean, from their first four games to the last two, I mean, they stepped up their intensity and it was, it was fun to watch. I mean, those, those guards out there look like they should be playing strong safety. I mean, they were godlike, just chiseled, strong. I mean, even against Gonzaga, I mean, they just no room one-on-one defense. No one could get by them. It was smothering. It was actually really fun to watch. 
rare to see a team in that good of form for two games in a row. You get to the final four, you expect close games, but Baylor absolutely dominates both. Uh, and we're not, and it's not like they're dominating Iowa State, Chris. They're not dominating poop, but to get by a two seed Houston in that fashion. And then obviously the number one overall seed Gonzaga. So give credit to Baylor. Give credit to Den. Uh, Den cleaned up. <laughs> Den absolutely cleaned up at the end of the tournament. Let's go ahead and segue into the Dennis record check, Chris. What's he at all time? And then how he's on a heater. We got to we got to acknowledge it. We got to give him credit. So go ahead and do the Dennis record check. All time, right around forty-seven. Um, still shit or plus forty <laughs> in the forties. Units fading him, but he's on a little bit of a of a year for him eight and four here since April 1st. So we're, we're about minus five, four and a half units fading him um, to start April. But uh, I hope you guys faded him this morning. We got a nice win with the, the Detroit Tigres this morning as a nice little home dog. Um, so it's, it's nice. He's going to regress. It's inevitable. So stay strong. Fade in. Chris, why Explain how his basketball betting is different than his football. You've talked more on more than one occasion that his football is by far his worst. I mean, obviously the guy is 47% lifetime in all his bets. So it's not like he's good at anything or great at anything, but why is, why and how is his basketball just a little bit different and, and not as just scum as his football? Uh, his basketball, he, he does a lot of overs and, and I'd love to, you know, we'll, we'll try to find it for all you guys. Um, but obviously his one bet that didn't hit last night was the over. And I talked to a lot of square betters today. And, Man, I had the over last night. It didn't sneak over. So he loves his overs. His totals are not going to always hit. He's okay with sides in basketball. He used to play. I think he played a few years in varsity basketball. So he kind of knows what it takes in college, those good guard play. He, he'll, he'll go out more on a whim, if you will, in, in basketball. He'll say, hey, these guys might have a chance. With football, he thinks that just the better team is going to win. He can't relate. He didn't play football. So he kind of will just go with the narrative, more narrative, where, you know, I mean, the tourney is funny. He was fading the the best team in the, you know, the nation, the Zags. It, it bit him in the butt twice. He lost. He was 0-2. But then he kept doing it, and he stuck with the dog, and, and UCLA and, and Baylor came through for him. So. Um, yeah, he's just a little, a little bit, but like I said, um, that's one tourney. I mean, next tourney, he could just be scum betting the dog. He could find square dogs, but this time he's a little bit uh, better at doing it. We'll see if he goes back to NBA. We know he's been firing baseball a little bit. Obviously we got the extra innings win with the Tigers this morning. So um, fun tournament. I'm sad it's over kind of, but. We're going to turn the page here on the sports calendar and transition into home stretch of NBA and NHL and baseball in full swing and in the Masters this weekend. So we're going to touch on a couple of those things after a very quick break. We'll be right back. Okay, like we mentioned, baseball is it's, you know, we're a weekend. Kyle, you've been posting on Twitter. You can kind of plug your Twitter here real quick and then just talk about your baseball approach, you don't go crazy with a bunch of games every day, but what do you look for when you're trying to find those edges that we can share out with everybody on Twitter? 
Uh, well, probably just really look for a pitching matchup. Um, you know, pitcher I like kind of know and where they're not, you know, priced out the roof. Um, you know, I don't mind taking dogs or faves. I don't really care. I'll lay up as you saw last week, I'll lay up to minus 170 on a run line. If, if I like it, I, I really don't give a shit. If I think it's a winner, I'll play it. Um, you know, I'm not going to lay anything egregious, like 300, but you know, 170, I think, eh, whatever, why not? Um, but yeah, really just pitching matchups, uh, injury reports. I, I, if I'm going to bet a game, I want to make sure I know who's playing, who's not, uh, if there's an edge there, but it's, it's really pitching. If, if I feel their starter can go six or seven strong, um, you know, I'm going to bet that every time. And yeah, that's, that's kind of it. Uh, I mean, I feel like in baseball, you could, if you're betting, betting dogs, you can essentially go one and one all the way through the season and, and win units. But obviously I want to, I want to, I want to get a hot streak, you know, get five in a row, 10, you know, just see, see how it goes. So one or two games tops, um, you know, I'm not going to play it every day. Just if I, again, like today, Alcantara, love the guy. Uh, they're down three to two now. So we'll see. Might be a loser, but worst case, you know, it's it was just minus 125. So nothing to cry about. And Chris, your approach is more of the let me find two dogs I like. Maybe go one and one for a small profit. I know you like the division dogs. You like the division dogs in those high total games. So What's your approach? I mean, anything similar to Kyle or just? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I like to find those those middle range. Just like with hockey the other day, we went one and one when we talked about the Stars um, and the Blue Jackets against the, the Panthers. We got one and one. So you get that half unit. And that's what's cool. You know, when you're taking favorites and you go one and one, you get screwed. You're paying all that juice. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, just like Kmart said, love the Marlins pick. You know, they just didn't get it done with runners in scoring positions so far today. Hopefully they can sneak one out. But, you know, when you're finding those minus 120, minus 110, you know, like he said, we're not going to be laying huge amounts because that's probably if, if it's a high minus 200, the public's going to be on it. We want to find those ones where maybe the public, the dens might think, oh, the dog has a chance. So when you get overloaded on dog money, we're going to say, hey, there's some value here on this fave. Why is this team maybe maybe like an Angels, you know, against Houston or against the White Sox? Like, why are they favored? You know, they the Angels had a great start to the season against the White Sox when most didn't think they would. So we'll find spots like that. We won't be afraid, uh, afraid to lay a little bit of juice, but we won't go too uh, over the top on it. We I think we talked about this last week, but for anybody that didn't listen, first of all, go back and listen. Because uh, it's good stuff. But Chris, how does Den bet baseball? He likes his favorites. He likes his overs. But every once in a while, he's going to surprise us with a dog. Um, what do you? What can people expect if they're on Team Fade Den? How's this guy going to be hammering away at baseball? Yeah, yeah, mostly overs, like you said. You'll find the prime times, the Sunday night games, uh, the, the game. He's a really big uh, Padre. He's from the San Diego area, big Padre, big Charger guy. That's why we'll see him bet on the bolts a lot. Um, and Padres, obviously, they were they are not as high as they are, you know, on them this year. So he's gonna he's not gonna get as much value this year on his Padres. He's gonna be laying. Maybe he might be texting me to lay minus one and a half, which will be great for us. Um, you know, as Fade Den, we'll be taking the one and a half and hopefully getting some value when 
you know, you got you Darvish or you know, Snell on the mound when Dennis thinks it's a lock. So we'll be betting against that and we'll be hoping for some, some unders because he usually only takes, uh, again, just like in football and basketball, he just, uh, uh, it's very rare he'll take an under. There's so many unknowns this baseball season. We're kind of waiting to see how things are going to unfold. Obviously a way different season than last year when it was just that 60 game sprint. Now it's that long stretch of the season. So we'll keep an eye on pitchers. We'll keep an eye on bullpens. Uh, the win total, a couple of the win totals, Kyle off to a really good start. I mean, it's very early, but the ones that come to mind, I mean, the Red Sox look like garbage and the angels look like they might maybe want to surprise some people. So, um, so far so good, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. The masters is this weekend. Uh, we do love betting golf as well. Uh, the fun thing about the masters is there, there's so many different ways you can do it. You can do top tens, top fives, make the cut, uh, just so much good stuff there. Um, Kyle, do you look for a, a tournament winner, top 10, top five? Do you like to kind of wait around and see how the first couple rounds go and then fire on the weekend? I mean, probably all the above. I, I mean, full disclosure, I am, was a huge tiger fan. So when he's not playing, I really don't give a flying fuck. Like I don't watch much golf. I enjoy watching tiger grew up watching them. Love them. Um, so, you know, very happy. He's, he's all right after the accident, but obviously he's not playing, uh, love lefty as well, but you know, I, I think Bryson DeChambeau is a douchebag. Um, I saw that crazy swing he was doing. I feel like he's going to blow his knee up. Uh, I don't, th- I'm not going to say he's not going to win it. I just can't see a guy like that winning it. You know, it's really the short game. So, you know, it's really finding guys like lefty who, who are chipping well, whose short game's on right now, because, you know, not everybody has that length where they can, you know, reach these par fives into two. So who's going to have, who has that best hundred yards and in who can stick it, who can, you know, make the 10 footers and in for birdie. Um, you know, those are the guys you want to bet on. And, you know, that's why guys like Dustin Johnson come to mind from, you know, a few years back and, fuck dude what adam scott when he was putting well that's why these guys win it um you know it's not a fluke so i'm probably gonna i think i like the top 10 bets um you know i still need some more research you know i don't want to just start naming guys but uh i'll probably be watching the first two rounds and you know probably putting in a bet on a saturday morning before they tee off for a for a winner uh because i mean shit two years ago matt we were on tiger and then I swear, I don't know if I remember if you guys were, but man, I just kept flooding every round, just more and more on them. It was just God, once in a lifetime, so awesome. Definitely, we'll never forget that. Uh, that was uh, just one of the favorite bets I've ever cashed for sure. Chris, it's also worth mentioning that you want to look for guys who have played well at Augusta. Obviously, a unique major, and that it is held at the same course every year. So that's good. Um, what else do you look for when you're, when you're betting golf? And I know a couple of our, uh, our fade you fathers have been sharing a little bit of information. So how do you approach the masters? Yeah, absolutely. You want to, you know, look at the guys like, like Xander that usually comes in the top 15, 20, every time they just play well, 
um, you know, at the tourney, guys that are hot now, you know, Spieth and JT just won the last two tourneys. Obviously, everyone's thinking, oh, is Spieth going to make his rebirth at the Masters? Uh, you know, we always pretty similar, you know, with other sports. You want to kind of fade the trendy, trendy guy and then not bet that, you know, there's not much value at a guy six, seven, eight to one at a Masters. You want to find that 15 or above like you guys found with Tiger you know, a few years ago and, uh, it paid off, but a guy I heard uh, earlier, you know, it was amazing. I guess Cam, you know, the, the Aussie, um, camera, I think it's Cam Smith, that, that guy, he was the Jack's never done it. Phil's never done it. Tiger's never done it. Um, these legends, Arnie, they've never shot all four rounds in the sixties. And he did that, um, uh, a year or two ago. And he last said, year he tied for yeah, second last year. Yeah, he yeah, tied. So, uh, I think he and M tied for second. Yeah, he was dialed, and uh, I guess he's got a tremendous value, somewhere around thirty to forty to one. And now that's not something I'm saying go out and run and bet for him to win, but maybe something like top ten, top twenty. You know that uh, where you might get like four or five to one. Um, this guy might might just fit the Masters well. So you got to find those guys. You know, um, what's it? Got? Our 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 boy. You know, we said our our Asian brother. Hanyang, Byung-Yang Kim, what about, uh, uh, what's his name? KJ Choi would always just wreck the Masters Thursday and Friday. And so you got to find out for those guys that just have a great feel for the, the, you know, the course and maybe play them on a matchup play where, you know, um, even Fred Couples and, and stuff plays great starting out and then he'll fall off, you know, because he's just so tough to hang. But find people on matchups that you think will come out kind of hot and, uh, and make some money. The other fun ones are uh, first round leader. I think I, I just as I'm starting to digest some master's information, somebody was talking about how Xander Shoffley is among the leaders in first round scoring this season so far. And, and so that's kind of a fun, usually you'll get four, to, you know, really good odds for that. If you, it's a dart throw for sure, but those are kind of fun bets. Um, so do a little bit of homework look for first round scoring average. Like Chris said, look for some of those guys that could come out kind of hot and firing. And it's, I mean, I don't know. We had the masters last year, Kyle, but it was in November. Yeah, it was in November. It's just kind of fun to have it on the heels of the end of March madness. And just yeah. for guys yeah. like us that have been watching the masters our whole lives, it's just fun to have it back in April and feel a little more normal. Just absolutely can't wait to watch it. Bummed about tiger, but it's going to be good stuff. Absolutely. All right. I think uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about with the master's bets was Chris, I think Dennis fired on some bets. Yeah, he did. (laughs) Now full, full disclosure before you tell us who Den's on kind of hard to fade these, but it is amusing to kind of see what bandwagon Dennis jumps on, on just these, these, golf futures and tournament winners that he likes but who does uh who does den like he's on some pretty popular names he's on some justin jt justin thomas jordan spieth morikawa and phil mickelson that's kind of one where we're like holy moly phil hasn't been there so uh you know he's thinking some some uh jordan spieth's gonna reemerge as a a champ here well he and he took these for first round leaders and uh master winner so he's doing uh both and so that means you can look up who these guys are playing and if you want to kind of fade it and find some value 
Um, you can check that out. There you go. Of course, he's on Spieth. <laughs> and what's Phil? A hundred to one. I'm checking right now. Let's Something see. like that. Oh my god! <laughs> I remember my dad used to bet. Um, he used to throw. We'd go to Tahoe. My dad would throw five bucks on Freddie Couples every single year. <laughs> Good old Freddie. Plus nine thousand. Yeah. Kyle, did you see? Uh, you were talking about Bryson earlier. Did you see him on the range with VJ? Yeah, it's just I th- I thought they did it in fast forward. I couldn't believe he was actually swinging that hard. What do you think VJ is thinking when he's standing there watching that? What the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> he probably he was probably thinking, man, if I did that, I'd I'd pop my groin, I'd pop my knee, I'd break my back. He's just like, what? I just don't understand like how that's how that's a routine. Like I get it, you know, you want to you know find a rhythm, but he's not going to swing like that on the course. So I just don't quite understand what that is. I mean, that, that's just what was going on with his left knee. It did not look like something I ever wanted to do. Yeah. We'll see how long he holds up. I, I, I'm kind of with you. I don't, I'm not a big Bryson guy. I don't know. Maybe we're the old guys now that are just grumpy and traditionalists and, and we don't want to see that shit. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Fuck, that's depressing. It goes against it goes against everything I've learned. Seriously, I mean, I don't know. And it's I, I think it's different for us too because we we grew up in peak Tiger era, so it's like, I mean, nothing is ever going to be better than that. Like for for young kids now that missed out on that, I guess this is cool, but I don't know. It's not that cool. It's not that cool, but Fade You is that cool. Burgers and uh, <laughs> yeah, Bryson yeah. not that cool. Fade You is that cool. Kmart's angles is that cool. Kyle, where can people make sure they're following to get your plays? Yeah, we Fade You retweets all these, but where are you on Twitter? Kmart underscore angles. And Chris, you finally redid yours and, and tweeted out some some good good info. I think you got. <laughs> I think you got disappointed by one of those T wolves poop plays, but uh, where are you on Twitter now? I'm at a hazmat suit 23. That's what you want to wear when some of my plays are, are tweeted. <laughs> yeah. You met, you missed. Um, oh my God. You missed the blue jackets today. That That is really, really too bad. Uh, I am at Matthew James 78, usually tweeting out hockey. Uh, one of the easiest winners I've had in a long time. The Rangers are going to beat the Penguins eight to three. And so that was a, a worse record team favored. So make sure you're following all of us, following Fade U at Fade U Sports. And we will see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.